This week on The Breakup Breakdown. This is great. My best college friend and my boyfriend get along so well. And everything's totally platonic. Plot twist, it was not totally platonic. He was the king of gaslighting. You're being so paranoid about things that aren't there. It was always just kind of a first love gone wrong. Listen, when the two people who are supposed to have your back go behind your back and get a little busy, it's never going to end well. You can already tell from the title of this episode where things are going, but we're also going to be talking a lot about gaslighting and self-esteem, two things that I think are so important to cover when it comes to breakups and relationships. Hey, what's up? It's Abby for The Breakup Breakdown. Thanks so much for tuning in to another episode. Hey, have you been following someone on social media and you're kind of like, oh my gosh, I think they might've broken up. I'm really curious. I want to ask about it, but I'm not going to DM them. Hey, I'll DM them. There's a submission form in this episode description. You can submit any curiosities you have there, or if you even have your own breakup story, I'm more than happy to look into those stories as well. You can submit it in the same submission form that's in the episode description. Also, if there's a part of this interview that you would like to jump to, I always keep time stamps in the episode description. And if you really enjoyed this podcast, I always appreciate it when you leave us a positive review. And if you want to follow us on social media, you can catch us on Instagram at Breakup Breakdown Podcast. Hey, Heartbreakers. Welcome back to another episode of the Breakup Breakdown, where we are diving into a submission about someone whose ex-boyfriend got with one of their friends from college and wanted to know how it all went down. But, you know, this week we're actually going to be diving into one of my breakups as well. Oh. One of my breakups with coworker Justin. We are are parting ways. We're breaking up. It's not you, Justin. It's me. Yeah, it's all right. Everyone breaks up with me. It's fine. <laughs> because of distance. Yep. And it's always a long distance BS. Yes. So. so Justin from henceforth will be known as ex-coworker Justin. Oh, man. Um, because I'm leaving this job where we currently work. So <laughs> he'll just be Justin from now on. On to better things. On to better things. So yeah, we'll be long distance. So mm-hmm. anytime you hear Justin, it'll be over the Zoom. But hopefully where I'm going, you'll also get to hear some new voices and some new perspectives. Get excited for that. There's going to be some changes happening to the podcast, which speaking of next week, there isn't going to be an episode because I'm actually moving this weekend and I'm losing all of my podcast and studio space. So uh, currently trying to figure out how to do this podcast on the road while I'm in transition. So just bear with me through that, but we'll be getting the content to you as soon as possible and should be resuming the first week in March. Before we get into this week's submission, I wanted to let you know what domestic violence shelter we are raising awareness for. This week, we are raising awareness for Arizona's largest domestic violence shelter, the New Life Center right outside of Phoenix, Arizona. The New Life Center offers multiple domestic violence, sexual assault, and human trafficking services and is one of the regional leaders in sexual assault investigation training. Not only does this center provide emergency shelter for people in abusive relationships, they also offer shelter for their children and pets. I mean, think of how many people won't leave a relationship, not only because of their kids, but because they don't want to leave their dog or their cat. So this week's submission. So I got a submission from someone who knew this person from college. This whole friend group went to the same university and and these two girls were really close and one of them started dating a guy in the friend group. So girl number one, I'll mm-hmm. make this real simple for you, Justin. Yep, girl number one <laughs> ends up dating guy number one. Okay. And guy number one ends up setting up girl number two with guy number two. Okay. So one and one, two and two. Yes. Yes. <laughs> we're good. Making it real simple for you. <laughs> and it's like, wow, this is so wonderful. They're all dating. They're in this friend group. They're they happy. Hang out. It's great. Everyone's in love. Well, somewhere along the line, guy number one leaves girl number one okay. for girl number two. Oh. After dating for years. So it was like, oh my gosh, like obviously. Obviously, something shady was going down over the span of this long-term relationship. There probably were, yeah, there were probably signs that there might have been something there, potentially. Mm -hmm. So it's like, at what point did these two catch feelings for each other? And how did they eventually do girl number one dirty and split? So does guy number two end up with girl number one then? Now, wouldn't that be a tasty little Mm -hmm. plot twist to the story? Should we find out? Let's do it. Let's break down this week's breakup, Justin. We met the day before classes started in college. We met because I basically didn't have any friends 
friends at that point. And I was just kind of wandering around the hall of my dorm looking for people to talk to. And there he was with like a group of people that I already knew. And they were talking about dungeons and dragons. Sounds super nerdy, but I played a lot of it in high school. I kind of just inserted myself into this conversation. And we ended up basically spending the entire day together. We got like lunch together. We got dinner together. We were walking around campus together. I was smitten from the start. And then our relationship developed really, really quickly because that night that we met is when we had our first kiss. Yeah, I did. I did the very cliche thing. We were having a movie night with a bunch of friends in his dorm room and he had his dorm bed lofted. And I was coming back from just like taking a shower or something. And I kind of walk in. There was nowhere to sit. And I was like, oh, OK, I guess I'll just not watch the movie with you guys. And he was sitting up on a lofted bed. And he's like, no, no, come up here. It'll be fine. And then I did the very cliche thing sitting next to him of like putting my hand out and like seeing if he would hold it and he did and then I just kind of jumped him. That's such a fratty move too. The classic college lofted bed. I would get the ladies. This was my first real boyfriend, my first person I ever kissed beyond just like a little peck, you know, first person I ever really considered myself in a relationship with. And throughout freshman year, things were great. Things were fantastic. We got along super well. We hung out all the time. You know, we had a lot of mutual friends from our floor and we got a really, really, really solid group in there. This is also where the third member of this story comes in, um, this woman, Mara. She was in our same program, lived on our same floor, all the same friends. And my ex and Mara were very, very close. And at that point, I was like, this is great. I have a partner that has platonic female friends. Like, that's very mature of him. You know, it's also great that, like, my best college friend and my boyfriend get along so well, you know, because we'd hang out a lot together. And it just made things really easy. And I was leaving freshman year thinking that, like, things were amazing on top of the world. Everything was great until it all came crashing down my sophomore year where in a marching band accident, I completely destroyed my leg. I was in a wheelchair for a month. I was in physical therapy for nine months before I could really walk without a limp. And it basically caused my mental health to tank. I couldn't take care of myself. And physically, he was very helpful. He would get me ice. He would bring me food from the dining hall and help me in my wheelchair and everything and the classes that we had together. But mentally, he completely checked out. And this is when I noticed that he started spending a lot more of his time with Mara. I can admit that my mental health tanked. I mentally was not there. I still feel kind of guilty about that. I lost a couple of friends just because all I could really focus on was like the fact that I can't walk and chronic pain. And I already had some mental health issues. And that year, I finally actually reached out to my parents, started getting help, started going to therapy, getting some medications. And I was starting to kind of pull out of that ditch. And I noticed that he was still checked out mentally. So a week before finals, sophomore year, he broke up with me saying that he couldn't handle my mental health issues. Not a great way to end a relationship. Not a great way to end a relationship, but little old me, I was 19 at the time and we got back together a month later because he changed and he understood how important I was. But that's the point that after we got back together that his relationship with Morris started kind of weirding me out because I found out that over the summers when we were all living with our parents, they were having sleepovers where, you know, they were just like, oh, we're just going to like eat pizza and play video games and everything's totally platonic. Plot twist, it was not totally platonic, but I didn't know about that until then. It was just like, oh yeah, you know, it's like I have a queen-sized bed. We can just share it. It's no big deal. And I started to notice that their interactions were starting to make me just like subconsciously more and more uncomfortable. But anytime I would confront him about this, he would just be like, oh, you're just misinterpreting things. You know, oh, it's just your mental health. He was the king of gaslighting. Anytime I was like, hey, you know, that lingering hug or touching Mora all the time, you know, it makes me a little uncomfortable. 
uncomfortable, can you not? He would then say that it was just my mental illness causing me to misinterpret the situation and that I was just imagining things. I was being paranoid. I was being anxious. And it got to the point that he was like, why don't you go to your psychiatrist and get your medication changed? Because you're being so paranoid about things that aren't there, things that were totally there. So I did. And I went to my psychiatrist and I was like, hey, my boyfriend says that my behavior is becoming a lot more paranoid. And my doctor was like, I mean, I don't really see it, but sure, we'll just give you a higher dose of some of these things. And then that's when I learned that my body couldn't handle a higher dose of those medications because I started developing this nervous system condition as a result of the increased medication called tardive dyskinesia, where it would cause tremors and need to blink like twice as fast and twice as much as normal. And then luckily they caught it early before it became too permanent, but I still do have to take medication for Parkinson's patients because the tremors get really bad. Literally gaslit me to the point that I developed a nervous system condition. Oh yeah, it was bad. I still was in denial. I had relatively low self-esteem at that point. Also because of the medications that I was taking, I was gaining a lot of weight. I ended up gaining 30 pounds in a year, which is a lot. And I have worked most of it off, but I was very insecure about my mental health because anytime it ever came up, my ex would blame me for it. I was insecure about my body because I wasn't as attractive or as thin as I normally was. And I started feeling like in this relationship, like I don't think I'm going to get any better than this. You know, he's put up with me for three years so far. Am I just more trouble than I'm worth? Who's actually going to want to deal with all of my mental health issues and everything like that? So I just kind of resigned myself and it's like, well, this is as good as it's ever going to get. Just got to stick with it. And reminder again, I was 20 at the time. Like this is my first relationship and I was so madly in love with him. If he asked me to marry him that day, I would have said, let's go to the courthouse. It was always just kind of a first love gone wrong. The years progressed and then the start of our senior year, I found out through a mutual friend of ours that the first two years of our relationship, he had a huge crush on Laura and had romantic feelings for her, that he wanted to be with her, that he contemplated breaking up with me so he could be with her. And I found out and I freaked out and that's the only time I ever yelled at him. We kind of went into like a weird limbo period, but I was crying all the time and I was just like, well, I guess no one's ever going to love me because, you know, he spent more than our half of our relationship having feelings for another girl that then he would have slumber parties with and go out drinking with and I would just find them hanging out in my house because Mara and I lived together and my ex lived like across the street we're still in college in little houses it was like a two second walk between the both and they would just I would just walk in and find them together all the time again we kind of worked through that problem of finding out about the crush and he assured me I only see her as a sister now once we got back together he and I got back together he never had feelings like that anymore you know there's actually like here's the list of all the things that bother me about her you know like I'm not I'm not going back to that so I was like okay I still really trust you I still love you so we graduate he and I get an apartment together but I kind of set ground rules there with him and Mara where I was saying that the relationship still makes me kind of uncomfortable like I trust that you guys are friends but I don't want her spending the night if I'm not there like I didn't care if she came over or whatever I just didn't want her spending the night so <laughs> here's the funny part of the story is that it all came to fruition this one day where we had been living together for about three months it was actually going pretty well you know we had to like established our house established our routine and everything and I happened to be out of town for the weekend for a friend's bachelorette party where we went camping but I left the bachelorette party early 5 a.m Sunday morning because my ex and I had gotten my dad tickets to a Ravens game finally time for the game and everything so I was like this is gonna be a great time my ex and my mom and my dad and I are gonna go to this great game and 
And I had come home from West Virginia, which is where we were camping at maybe eight in the morning. I was expecting him to still be asleep and everything. And I walk in my front door and I see Mara wrapped up in my favorite blanket, sitting in my spot on the couch, drinking tea out of my favorite mug, like wearing the skimpiest pajamas I have ever seen. She could move an inch and just completely expose herself. And I was tired. I just had been in the car for hours. And I'm like, okay, that's weird, but I'll deal with it later. Then I'm walking down the hall because I wanted to go take a shower and I just passed by our guest bedroom. And we always had a lot of overnight visitors. So we had like a double bed in there. I'm just so our friends didn't have to sleep on the couch. And I noticed that the sheets and blankets perfectly made, pristine, right as I left them, hospital corners and everything. And I'm like, okay, that's weird. I lived with Mara for in a dorm for one year and in the house for two years. And she never made her bed that well, but be whatever, it's fine. I guess she did it this time. Then I finally walk into my ex and I's room and like the sheets are everywhere. The blankets are everywhere. It's just a hot mess in that room. And I'm like, okay, weird, but just another thing that I was kind of in denial and brushing it off. And then I walk over to my bed stand to plug in my phone and I notice a very light color hair on my pillow. And for the folks at home that don't know, I am a brunette. My hair is very dark. I have never been blonde, but guess who is blonde? I was still in denial. I lifted it up and I'm like, oh, is this a gray hair? Am I getting old now? Is it the stress of my life? And I'm like, no, this is definitely blonde. So I was like, okay, we have this big family thing today. I'm just going to push all of this aside. You know, we're going to go hang out with my family. We're going to have fun. It's our first ever Ravens game together. He says that he can't go because he had food poisoning and wasn't feeling well. It turns out that it was because he was doing tequila shots until 3 a.m. with Mara. So he couldn't go to the family thing that we had been planning for months. And that was just kind of the moment that I was like, I can't do this anymore. And the next couple of days, we kind of just skirted around each other in our apartment. He would always stay late at work and I would just go to bed alone. And then finally, he went out drinking with Mara and he came home and everything just kind of spilled out. He told me that he was still in love with her, that he wanted to be with her, that his crush never really went away, that it's easier to be around her than it is to be around me because of my mental health. And then he asked that if I wanted to stay in this relationship, would he be okay if it was an open relationship or like a polyamorous relationship? And I'm a big believer in monogamy, so I shut that down immediately. And it just kind of turned into one of those, like, I guess this is over. Yep. Okay. So I moved all of my stuff out the next day and I still live with my parents and I haven't really seen them since. They're still together. They live together. They have a dog together. It's a bizarre story that all came to fruition. So you guys were together for four years. How long did he know Mara within your relationship? The entire time. They met a couple of days before I did. So he had a crush on her essentially for the entirety of your relationship. Yes. But he always said that he didn't because he ended up setting Mara up with one of his friends from high school. And he kept telling me like, why would I set them up if I had feelings for her? Um, Which I honestly think was just a ploy to like get her out of the way a little bit. And they dated for three years and broke up because her boyfriend was uncomfortable about my ex and Mara's relationship. It clearly was not the meds. It was not just you. It was literally happening. It was literally happening. And 
it made like everyone was just like why are you still with this guy like it seems like half the time that you're upset it's because of something he did and even it came to my therapist towards the end was like is he actually making you happy or are you staying with this relationship because like you feel like you have to and I couldn't come up with an answer for that well when you're in it for so long I mean especially four years and it's your first love it's so strong you don't have I didn't know any different that's the thing is that I dated a few people like my sophomore year of high school but that doesn't count but that was my first big relationship and that's what I thought was normal I was like okay yeah people have close female friends like I I have a lot of close male friends myself and I can't be a hypocrite and say like oh you can't have female friends but I based everything in relationships around everything that he did and how I responded which unfortunately has completely screwed me up I still am affected by that when it comes to dating it's traumatizing I talked to a lot of people who say similar things to you where it's like I didn't think there would be anything better for me it's also just extremely hard to put yourself in a situation where you know you're going to be devastatingly heartbroken exactly I was catatonic the first time that he broke up with me it was right before finals and I literally moved home for a couple of days just because I didn't feel like I could function on my own I was just crying all the time and you know I felt like if I broke up with him later on I was like am I just gonna have to repeat that again like that was some of the worst emotional mess I've ever been in and I was like do I really want to do that again is it worth it but then it was trying to figure out like is my happiness worth it is me feeling valued worth it me feeling like I am enough and I realized that I never felt like I was enough for him with the two of them she was like my best college friend and I always felt like I was competing with her for his attention and I was competing with him for her attention and it always felt like they always worked like the little triangle they were always the closer ones and I always was the one being left out even though it was my romantic relationship three is such a hard number with any friend group but let alone the two people that are supposed to care about you the most yeah your boyfriend your best friend I can't even imagine the betrayal that you felt yeah it's unfortunate in the sense that like I have a lot of trust issues because of that now when it comes to relationships but also just issues with friends because she did so many other toxic things besides stealing my boyfriend I don't want to say like I thought she had a crush on me but we would also occasionally go to gay bars like I'm bisexual and it was fun and we would see drag shows and everything and like I would go to the bathroom and she would infer to the people around her she'd be like oh sorry I'm just waiting for my girlfriend or people would be like oh we would be dancing you know like not even like seductive dancing just kind of like jumping around and having fun dancing and people would be like oh how long have you two been together and she'd be like oh like three years it felt like she was trying to insert herself into our relationship also in the sense that she was way too involved in our relationship in the sense where she would say constantly she's like oh when you two get married and I'm maid of honor I'm gonna write a song and we can sing at the reception I'm already writing your wedding speech you don't have to do that I want to backtrack a little bit and talk about the early days of you getting together with your boyfriend for the first time and also him meeting her why didn't they just date each other if they like each other so much I think they were both in denial at that point because both Mara and I got in relationships very very early on like my ex and I started dating and she started dating my ex's like high school friend only a couple of weeks after that and I remember during one of our like very emotional like hey I still left a couple of things our old apartment I need to pick them up conversation 
friends. And I was just like, why didn't you break up with me sooner? Like, why did you stick around with this for so long if your heart wasn't in it? And the best answer he gave me was that he knew I had a lot of male friends. Some of them were bound to be interested in me and he couldn't see me being with anyone else. So it was like pure control because it would be too hard for him to see me with another boyfriend while he's off cavorting with my best friend. I can have my cake and eat it too. My girlfriend doesn't have to go off with another guy. I can still bang this other chick. It'll be great. Yeah, I think that's what he was trying to think. Thinking back, I'm just trying to figure out, like, was he just very immature at the time and just trying to be like, I want to have everything for myself? Or was he just legitimately not crazy? That's a bad word, but like selfish or self-serving that, like you said, he wanted to have the cake and eat too. He wanted to have the emotional support of a romantic relationship and the physical aspect of the uh, relationship with Mara. And I just got to the point that I couldn't play second fiddle in my own relationship anymore. And I just imploded from there. Yeah. And you shouldn't have to. I mean, everybody deserves to have somebody who cares about them as much as you care about the other person. Honestly, felt very one sided. I like I said before, it completely affected how I perceive relationships now. And Mm -hmm. I hate that it was something that happened when I was a lot younger that's still affecting me now. But it does. (laughs) I mean, yeah, there's no getting around that. You don't want to close yourself off to experiences and love. But at the same time, I think that's something a lot of people don't talk about is how these really like intimate relationships can damage you at at such a young age. Yeah, because that was my only reference point at that point. If my ex did it, why wouldn't anybody else that I date get it? And it's just damaged my ability to trust a romantic partner. I've never really been in a relationship longer than like three or four months since. And a lot of the time it's just because I realized that I like them more platonically than I do romantically. And I've actually got some really good friends out of it. But it just makes me feel like I've always got one foot out the door, which isn't fair to the people that I'm dating at all. But I feel like if I don't let myself get 100% in it, then I won't get hurt as much. And it's an unfortunate defense mechanism that I'm trying to change because all of my friends now are living with their partners that are in very like healthy romantic relationships. And there's just like little old me off in the corner with my with my hinge app trying to find people. And I have been dating this one woman for the last three or so months and it's going well, but I'm always just scared what's going to happen. You know, I'm honestly afraid for her to meet my friends because last time I introduced people and ended up with me getting cheated on. Mm. So it's it's unfortunately just something that's left a scar on me that I really hope will go away soon. But I honestly don't know how long it's going to take for me to fully 100%, like be 100%, you know, head first into a relationship. Well, my question for you is if you're still in therapy, are you working through those trust issues with your therapist? And if so, what are they saying? So I'm currently not in therapy anymore. Um, My therapist had the audacity to want to retire and spend time with her family. So rude. Dare they? Um, I mean, I was with her for about five years, right when I decided I wanted to go back into therapy. COVID hit. So I haven't really had the opportunities, but my therapist in college, she honestly probably saved my life. She was really into cognitive behavioral therapy. So she would literally give me like therapy homework Mm -hmm. of like readings and and like charts I can fill out and just ways that I can kind of better understand my emotions and dig a little deeper and see like, okay, where is this distrust coming from? What are some strategies you can do to fix it? So I still have like a folder of all of those that I consult sometimes. It really is just coming to the fact that I need to remember 
more and focus that like my ex was one person, not every person is going to be like this. And also the fact that I'm also a lot older. I fell head over heels for this guy when I was still a teenager. You know, I wasn't even able to like legally sign my own documents at that point. One bad relationship and one asshole of a boyfriend does not make my entire life of relationships. And I'm trying to open myself up more. I just keep having to remind myself that not everyone is him. My last question for you is if, if somebody's listening to this and maybe resonates with your stories or any advice you would give to them, some things that have been helpful to you during this. So I think one of the number one things I pulled out of this is just know what red flags are and know how to notice them. Because I was so young, I didn't really realize that like slumber parties overnight sharing the same bed. I don't know if I was in denial or if I was just young and innocent and a little ignorant about the ways of the world. I would also recommend people that gaslighting is not normal. If people are trying to gaslight you, honestly, it doesn't even have to be to the extent that I ended up developing a neurological condition. But if someone is making you doubt your own feelings and your own self, that is a number one sign to get out. And just know that there's not only going to be one person in the universe that's going to make you happy. Like, yes, you can have this relationship and there can be good parts and there can be very bad parts, but there's always going to be someone else. You're not going to be left alone forever just because your high school or college relationship didn't work out. You know, you are wonderful. You are loved. And there are so many people out there that, you know, will want to see that and not screw you over or screw your best friend. On Thursday's Breakdown Bonus episode, we're covering everything from gaslighting to learning to trust again and a new relationship. I'll be talking to another mental health expert about some of the topics that came up in this episode. And then don't forget, there will be no main or bonus episode next week because of moving. But I'll see you whenever you decide to tune in next.